everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 47 of Justified Pursuit. It is a treat to be here uh, talking, well, all things America, politics, who knows what else in the world we're going to get into today. But alongside me, as always, my buddy in more forms than one, my hunting buddy, my pal, friend of 20 plus years, the good counselor Chisholm Cook. How in the world are you? Before the show, I was asking you if I'm real, if you're real, if this is real. Let me slap myself. Right. I, I felt uh, pain. Yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that. Confused, man. Um, yeah. The world is, uh, I don't know. It actually kind of starts, it feels like we're watching the damn crack and that maybe this deluge of truth is about to burst forth. We can only hope. Um, but, but first of all, though, you, you know, you're, you're in a motel room. It looks like. Where are you? Mm-hmm. You're not uh, in the home office, like. And you've got a, you're like dressed up, like you have a real job or something. <laughs> I do have a real job, <laughs> uh, and I am. I don't. I am. Uh, I'm in at my a t-shirt that I'm always in. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, normally I do do my job in a t-shirt. Do do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm at a uh, big conference. I, I doubt it's going to be very big supposed to be big but it's funny they asked me to speak at it and uh like three different times thanked me for being willing to come in person so i don't <laughs> expect it to be a big, very big crowd i'll be speaking in front of right uh but anyway yeah so i'm dressed and ready to roll over to that uh yeah and i'm not going to offer any more details about all that mm-hmm. <laughs> well you look good you look on good. the gulf coast i'll say that yeah uh biloxi anyway um okay so we've got a lot to get into in trying to determine whether we're like living in some warped version of reality or not first of all though who would have ever thought that blm would be siding with conservative ideology and vilifying vaccine passports requirements whatever the hell it is in new york there was this big stink at a restaurant which was like telling these African-Americans, show us your vaccine cards. If you want to dine here, there was a scuffle and like three ladies got arrested. Uh, And then here comes BLM. You will not make African-Americans show vaccine cards. Why would they do that? Oh, because it's going to make them harder to work. It's going to make them uh, harder for them to work, to go to their jobs. The ones that still want to work anyway. And that's not specific to African-Americans. That's specific to all of American society right now is the government continues to enable people. Here's your stimulus. Don't go to work. So I thought that was pretty freaking ironic. Yeah, it's ironic. It's also pretty awesome. I would challenge slightly the notion that they are siding with conservative ideology on this. Well, most anti-vaxxers are going to be more on the right side than the left side. Well, but the point we made via text with each other yesterday, right, which I have to admit, I heard it on a podcast made. And when I texted you, you were like, yeah, I already made a note about that. So kudos to you for seeing through it right away. But they're protesting the restaurant staff and the restaurant itself for enforcing a terrible New York City government mandate. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go press protest the mayor's office, City Hall, BLM? They're the ones who have imposed this restriction. I haven't actually bothered to watch the video. I commented on some guy's uh, uh, Instagram last night that had posted it, that um, 
yeah, too bad they're not protesting the right party. And somebody pointed out that I, I guess it was a really ugly scene. And yeah. they felt like they felt like this hostess or whatever was almost, you know, try like wanted to get this particular group of ladies out. I, I don't know. Maybe that's true. To their point, they called them brown shirts, right? Which is the Nazi era, you know, term for basically the the you know the muscle that the Nazis sent to you know bring everybody to heel. So I'm not going to disagree with the idea that I like the fact that they're standing up for it. I just wish they'd focus on the right damn place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take it to the people who who push this down their throat. De Blasio, right? here you go. Let's come to your doorstep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another note here. Hey, did you see all the people that were getting whipped at the uh, Texas border by mounted border patrol yesterday? Again, a story I'm certainly aware of, but a video I have not watched. <laughs> did you no- actually? Did somebody get struck with a? No, dude. No. At, first of all, I heard. First of all, rain. it was his reins. Right? right. It was not a damn whip. Which yeah. you know, just like the idiots during the presidential debate that didn't know that a coyote is a you know. Mexican national that helped smuggle illegal immigrants across the border. They apparently don't know what the hell the difference between a whip and a rain is, but he didn't actually hit anybody with it. No. Correct? Okay. So there's a picture yeah. of this guy grabbing a Haitian and the, the border patrol, he could be white. He could be Hispanic. I don't know. He's grabbing the Haitian guy because according the to Texas monthly, it's the same thing. Avoiding arrest or detainment. And he's trying to cross into Texas. This is like in uh, Acuna or something. I forget. Del Rio. Del Rio. Yeah. Which is across from Acuna. Yeah. Right. And so anyway, in the picture, there's his rein and it's loose. He's not even holding it. And that's why it's flopping there. He's holding the Haitian guy with the hand that would have been holding the quote whip, which was really just horse reins, which your daughter rides horses. You've been around horses. You and I have rode horses into the mountains multiple times. We've spent a fair amount of time around anyone that's seen or been around. We own a horse, technically. Freaking read a book for that matter. Knows that that's not a whip. But here is the here's the left, and here's the interesting thing about this: the spin control is now okay. We've created this absolute fucking disaster on the border. What are we going to do about it? We're going to make the border patrol be racists. That's our new spin. And here is our vice president. The border czar, who's never been to the border, Chisholm, not one time has she been to the fucking border. Here's her comments right here. What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And uh, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation is exactly what is going on there. Uh, but human beings should never be treated that way. And I'm deeply troubled about it. And I'll also be talking to the secretary of my office today. About it. She's deeply troubled about it. So troubled that she's never taken the time to actually go to the border. So troubled that her and Biden created this disaster. But she's never had the, the time to go down there to actually see what's going on. You know, what's inhumane people living under bridges because you invited them and then us not letting them in. That's inhumane. Help, help me remember who right after he was inaugurated, uh, there was a whole bunch of people trying to cross and Biden assigned somebody to be in charge of the border crisis. Who I can't I can't put my finger on it. Who who was? Oh, it was Kamala Medusa. So as far as I'm concerned, 
your investigation is going to be a big ass boomerang and smack you right between the freaking eyes. Yes, correct. Yeah, she's um, I, dude. Honestly, I I'm the, I'm I'm going to make the case about for optimism yet again. Their handling of all of this is so god awful. Just look how it's playing out in the polls, man. Watch it. Yeah, plummeting. So the, the interesting thing that you didn't see yesterday, though, which has since been released, is there's a reverse shot of the guy, the, the, the photo that everyone's all up in arms about. You can clearly see that his hand is on the guy's collar and that the rein is just loose. It's just, it's just flopping because he's riding a horse. Truth and, will come uh, out. It, and yeah. here's the thing, dude. I don't think that the majority of this country is going to be super sympathetic one way or the other, to be honest with you. The hard left will cry and you'll never convince them that those people didn't get whipped right but it's the 2021 big middle, you can't white people are not going around whipping black people dude the big middle has already seen the seen the footage right they've already seen the bridge they know what's going on they know literally a caravan is assaulting our border so you know yeah i don't i have a question we know it's you. not true go ahead how did the haitians get there well they fled Haiti after that huge uh, How did hurricane. Back thousand of them get across the ocean to Mexico. They, well, they went first. They went to Brazil a decade ago. You haven't heard that. Uh-uh. So, th- so this group of people, all these Haitian refugees, they fled after that huge hurricane that just decimated Haiti, yeah, which I-, I think the Clinton Foundation then used as an excuse to line their pockets with many, many, many tens of millions of dollars. Remember, like. They flew a bunch of aid down there and it just like sat on the tarmac and rotted. And mm. uh, they just, meanwhile, they got under investigation for just pilfering all of this money people sent to. <clears throat> We're going to get to the Clintons in a bit. Mm. Anyway, so all these people a decade plus ago, I can't remember exactly how many years, but it was like 10 or 12 or maybe even 15, were they, they originally migrated to Brazil. And there they have been in a large community ever since. But when I, Biden took office and they had signaled all throughout the campaign that America was going to be wide open to immigration, they began trekking apparently on foot by bus, however they could manage, from South America all the way to the Texas, all the way to the Texas border. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, the interesting thing about that is now they're trying to claim asylum. But from a legal standpoint, what I keep hearing is they have no claim for asylum because the incident that caused them to flee their, flee their home country was forever ago. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's no longer an issue. I think Haiti is pretty well regarded as a, not well regarded, it's pretty generally regarded as a, uh, a developing nation for the PC term. Third world country um, is what they yeah. are. Yeah, but there aren't, they're not being, they're not, if they were to go home to Haiti, they won't be faced with, uh, you know, political... Uh, what do you call it? Um, they're they're not political uh, enemies. Yeah, they're not um, going to be persecuted. You know, the, they have no claim for asylum. Mm-hmm. They have none because the is the issue that drove them away from their homeland was over a decade ago, and they had already taken up new residence in another country that had, I guess, welcomed them in. At the time. You so, know, the crappy thing is, like, I wouldn't say that I'm not a humanitarian. I've I've done mission work. I will do more mission work in my life in the future. And I have compassion for these people, just like I have compassion for all the illegals trying to come into Texas. It's It sucks, of course. Why do people want to come to America, despite what our own media tells us, how shitty we are? 
you're the most racist, worst country in the world. Well, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Why is the of rest of the world people? trying to get into our country, either legally or illegally? Why? Right. Because they like freedom, which our government continues to try to take away. Uh, but yeah, they, they still want to come here, but they can't. We can't just let, we can't have open borders. No country has open borders. That's not a thing. So now you know we what? Have this especially, situation. you know what is especially true is no socialist country or communist country has open borders. None mm-hmm. of them. That's right. why Bernie. That's why Bernie was a border lockdown guy up until he got woke about eighteen months ago and realized that it would take that all his whole party had somehow split the baby and gone socialist but also open borders, which is. <sighs> A recipe for disaster. I mean, socialism by itself is a recipe for, for disaster. But if you're going to put everybody why on the you, government, why would you dole, say that? It's got a great track record. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's got a great track record for the people who have implemented it because they seem to not have to give up all their stuff. Like Fidel. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like go. he lived a yeah. pretty good life. I bet Chavez was living pretty good. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Kim Jong Un had ballooned up to over 300 pounds. In a country where the average height is like five foot four because they've been malnourished since the 40s. Would it really be that bad to eat like Kobe beef and caviar for every meal? That'd be pretty good. I mean, yeah, I can see I mean, the appeal for the ruling class. <laughs> my guess would be it was lots of sweets and booze that were the, real, the party the real, the, that were the real problem. 1984, the party gets to do mm-hmm. whatever the hell they want. Um, and I hope yeah. I remember my point about that. Wow. So an absolute dumpster fire on the border, a mess that they created. And now yeah. hopefully 100%. if we could get 90% of Americans, you know, except for the hardcore left the extremists, we just get the normal person to say, man, that's really messed up what they did down there. Now they're shifting the blame to uh, people that had nothing to do with it are actually trying to clean up their mess, but now they're getting blamed for it. <sighs> two plus two equals, you know, the answer class um not four something other than four you know one of my least favorite people on the planet is morgan morgan no megan rapino and uh she was in the news <laughs> you really you have a serious heart i really <laughs> i don't want to say hate because the bible tells us not to hate but she's mm-hmm. on my mount rushmore <laughs> yeah uh yeah and anyway how how weird is this is like I don't even know how to phrase this. It's so stupid because here's this crew of lesbians who would never get pregnant unless it was on purpose, right? They would have to have had some, bought some semen like my, right. yeah, my they're not going to get, yes. and her wife right. did this. They, and I have yeah. now have a wonderful niece and nephew through this process. They bought some semen online from some guy that they vetted out in Germany. Lesbians can't get pregnant. So, the irony of them being the leaders of the pro-abortion women's right movement doesn't make a lick of sense because here are women that aren't going to ever be affected by this unless I guess theoretically if they were raped or something, something awful happened or, or, you know, maybe they decided they like Dick instead. And that could happen too. I don't know. They could flip flop. That's what the left does flip flop. They could flip flop. Um, but generally speaking, I don't know if I've ever seen something so moronic as a bunch of lesbians saying, oh, but, oh, by the way, these are the same lesbians, Chisholm, that are such big women's rights activists that they want to let boys play with girls on the athletic field. Are there any bigger feminists than these girls? My first thought 
when I heard them basically making the argument that abortion restrictions will impair women's sports was what about the and, and to your point, specifically coming from such staunch LBGTQ activists, was what about the dudes y'all are letting play against women in sports? Right. That seems like a far greater threat to women's sports than asking them to exercise some sort of discipline over their sex life, whether that's birth control, whether that's the use of a condom. Uh, even in Texas, whether that's keeping an eye on your period and if you need to take care of something, doing it before six weeks. Um, you know, I hear these people like, oh, a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant before six weeks. <sighs> um, there are people, there are women who routinely miss their regular period by week, two weeks, three weeks. Right. But most women know. And most of them are damn, vaccinated now. Pretty damn quick. when. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. oh yeah uh yeah so that was fascinating as uh that lady just can't stay out of the headlines kudos to subway for dropping her ass though um bongino what's the guy's first name don dan 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 so i haven't i guess you've listened to this guy for a while or followed along and you know um what he has going on as far as being a conservative voice got a big podcast are we jumping straight to the indictment? No, 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 no. I was actually oh, going to talk. Got some other stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to the indictment. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's save the best for last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy, um, I just listened to like an 11-minute mini podcast. I don't think it was his full deal. Um, he used this term. We're in a, he said we're in a Cold War with the um, far left. Right. And I was like, man, that is pretty much spot on. We are we are living in a cold war against our own yeah. American brothers and sisters uh, because really the violent there's not been in a lot of violence like you could say the BLM riots were but um, yeah it was uh, to hear that terminology and then think about what that means historically pretty eye opening I think it's accurate man um, seems to be getting colder and colder by the day. Um, Bongino is an interesting guy. I know I've talked to about it before on the show. How you know he was a special um, what do you call it? The uh, Secret Service agent hmm. um, from like ninety eight or ninety nine through I think most, if not all, of the Obama presidency. So he served both under W and under Obama. Um, he was like the youngest. Uh, special force or uh, secret service agent ever appointed to head a uh, presidential security detail. Huh. That's a sharp, sharp cat, man. Um, yeah. He gets mocked and derided by the left because uh, he makes a lot of sense and they can't, you know, they can't allow somebody to make sense that doesn't, uh, well, hell, everybody that disagrees with them tends to make more sense than they do, but I'm looking for a pen so I can be making notes just in case you're wondering why I'm, Looking, looking around, around your I think I'm screwed. Very modest uh, hotel room there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, so, I think I'm going to enjoy yeah. listening to this guy going forward. You've been listening to him for a long time. Uh, seems sharp as attack. And um, yeah. Well, and in his belt, dude, he's a, you know, before a lot, I don't know how many people know, unless you've seen that movie um, with Tom Hanks and DiCaprio. Uh, catch me uh, if you can. Yes. Catch me if you can. Thank you. Uh -huh. But this secret service is in charge of, 
bank and particularly check fraud, right? Um, not to mention, you know, if they're protecting the president, they're always on the lookout for, you know, plots and whatnot. So, I mean, those are some, they're basically hardcore detectives. And he spent the first several years of his career, he didn't work, he was not on Bush's security detail right when Bush got elected. It was like his second term when he had worked his way up to that level, right? Because he had spent that the years prior in the bank fraud division of the Secret Service. So this is a dude who is extraordinarily talented and experienced in an investigation, right? And piecing together the puzzle. And so, yeah, I mean, he's been on top of all of this stuff. I got to be honest, I can't listen to every single show that he drops because some of them just like, <laughs> when I see he's got a new show out, I'm like, do I have the fortitude today to get as angry as he's about to make me? Because <laughs> he's not... <laughs> The cool thing about him is he's a pretty, he's a happy warrior for the most part. Uh-huh. Even last year, he was battling cancer last year, dude. Like, uh, oh, I didn't know that. Serious cancer too. Maybe pancreatic, um, going through chemo and shit and never missed a show all through wow. the election. That dude's a badass, man. And, um, you know, he, he can be, he can be easily dismissed as super partisan and, and biased, but I don't think that's. I don't, I don't think that's the case. One I other thing he, he said that stuck with me was that the left, which far left, and he, he was very clear to point out moderate Democrats are not part of this equation. Right. But he said they think they don't think that we are good people with bad ideas. They think we are bad people. Bad people, with, yeah. With horrible with ideas. ideas. Well, right. So that, he, I, I heard him say that, too. He was like, we think the Democrats are good people with bad ideas. Mm-hmm. They think we are bad people with bad. What he said was, we think they are people with bad ideas. They think we are bad people with ideas. Right. That's how I put it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is spot on. Spot on. And then, and then it always goes back to the crux. Some of them are bad people, but some people on the right are bad people too. Absolutely. But, but when you, and we all have the, and we all have the capacity for sheer evil in our souls. And everybody needs to remember this is true. Um, I think that pretty much covers that. Last thing I have before we get into the indictment. So I mentioned on the show last week, my family enrolled in this antibody study through Texas Health. So I got my results back and I have antibodies. So what does that mean? Which because you, last week you I did said not in July, just a few months ago. Right. right. So COVID positive early December, antibody test July, no antibodies. I come back. And now I have antibodies again. So what does that mean? There's two, only two things that it could mean. Either I had COVID again when my kids had it and was so run down that I didn't know it. Or number two, my antibodies still exist, even if they're not detected by a test. And they came back to the surface to fight off uh, a possible infection brought home by my kids when they got COVID, which that test once again, uh, all that alerted us to the fact that our kids had even had COVID. We had no idea. Right. Uh, I, I mentioned Henry missed soccer practice one time and there was somewhere around there. I did have a headache. I remember for like a day, which I don't get a lot of headaches. So that could have been my body saying, no, we've seen this song and dance Delta variant. Get out of here. Those are the only two ways I could have gotten antibodies again. And we still need to get an immunologist on here to talk about it. But uh, yeah, I, I think I might have identified one, but I haven't uh, had a chance to try to contact her yet. Uh, you're going to lose my video feed while I look something up real quick. 
That's all good. I grabbed a screenshot of. Um, that's fascinating, and I, I you need to send me the information on that because I think I'm going to sign us up for it too. It's pretty cool. I think it's closed, um, but and I think it's a good tab on that. So she'll, if there's another one that pops up, I will send you the info on it because it, it it will be cool because they they're going to test everyone in my family three times, and so we'll tell us our antibody levels now, in three months, and in six months. So I will report back every time. And, and this isn't um, coming from just like a huge anti-vax standpoint. Like my wife's vaccinated. We're all just fascinated to know what's the deal with COVID as we le- continue to learn more about it. And um, well, this is a crucial issue, man. Um, if we're safe from having, if we've had it and survived it, and safe from therefore getting it again, then we don't need to stick that shit in our bodies. That's just all there is to it. I don't care if it's the greatest drug that's ever been made. I don't need it. Right. And any rules, regulations, mandates, etc., that come out better damn sure accommodate for that. Right. And I haven't seen one that has I, accommodated for it yet. Not yet, but I think that's coming. Um, I think part of the problem is this antibody testing thing, you know, which we, we covered this last week. Right. And I threw out my kind of vague sort of personal hypothesis that I've pieced together over a lifetime of trying to understand some level of science mm-hmm. that antibodies are going to decline, but your body, but your immune system is more than your antibody count. Right. right. And your ability to crank up production of those antibodies as needed when re exposed is key. Right. And if there's no way to test for that, you know, you tested negative in July, but clearly you had an immune reaction the next time you got exposed. Yep. It may be if I'm being really charitable to these assholes cramming down man- uh, mandates that they realize how do we prove that unless you had a formal test in person. You know, now you can buy rapid tests at home, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, I don't feel too great. And they're going and testing themselves. And they're like, oh, crap, I got COVID. And they're staying home, right? And never never ending up in the system. So I can kind of see that. Um, them looking at it as basically like a potential big loophole. But that doesn't matter to me. It has to be something that is uh, covered if we're going to continue down this mandate pathway, Right. Forget about the fact, forget about the fact that if these vaccines are worth the shit, then there's no such thing as protecting the vaccinated from unvaccinated, from the unvaccinated. Did we even, have we talked yet about Biden's speech where he announced that crap, where he actually said within one paragraph of it, of of, of two completely mutually exclusive statements about what, how great the vaccine protection is and how safe everybody who's been vaccinated is. And Mm. yet he needs to protect them from us. Like give, what do Anyway, Dude. let me let me read something. So this there is something that I did. You have a chance to check out the video feed that I had forwarded to you. Yes, the, um, at the four hour mark. So what what was that? That was the okay. Last week, the FDA held a public meeting of the advisory panel on COVID vaccines and specifically okay. boosters. Advisory so, panel. So these are all people right. with clout. And, and well, I, let me clarify at that four hour mark. What you were listening to at that point was the public hearing portion. So there was four hours of deliberations between the panel, which was 18 members, I believe, uh-huh. 18 members of the FDA staff that made up the panel and talk. They were talking to Pfizer, who was applying for their third, you know, the third shot boosters. Right. So it was them. And I haven't had a chance. That's a lot of. 
eight hours, dude. Yeah, eight hours. I haven't had a chance to digest it all. Um, so there were the first four hours was was that internal conversation, and then at that four hour mark, they transitioned and they opened the floor to people all across the country with you know basically expertise. And it wasn't all just doctors. A lot of those people were doctors, but some of them are research specialists. I know one guy in particular was some kind of um, something from MIT. Yep. I, yeah, but it wasn't. I, he, he wasn't. He wasn't a doctor. He probably had a PhD, but he didn't have an MD. Um, but anyway, so so like you could register. You just like if you went to you know a city council meeting, you could and you know there was a, a permit matter that you wanted to speak on. You could sign up and have your five minutes to talk about whatever was going on. Right. That's what they opened up to the entire country basically and you I'm, I'm assuming there was a process for signing up because it was very regulated each person had three minutes to talk they had slides that were already preloaded right mm-hmm. so what you heard was people calling in who have been practicing medicine during the past year and a half um you know studying the quote science the reports paying attention to it all over the globe etc um the thing i want to read you and i i, I didn't catch the guy's name and position but he's one of the he was like the second or third speaker once they went to the public hearing part and this slide was titled protection through activation of immune memory by the pathogen okay now i need to clarify he's talking here about the vaccines how their antibody production wanes just like natural infection does right so this is specific to the vaccine, but it would absolutely, in my opinion, hold true for natural immunity as well. His slide says that pr- protection by most vaccines is through what, what we call rapid deployment of immune system by activation of immune memory by the invading pathogen. So in other words, if you get a vaccine, a, a traditional old school vaccine, right? Let me clarify you'll have the same basic effect of a spike in antibodies from having been you know, introducing that vaccine to yourself that will then wane, but you have something called rapid deployment of immune system by activation of immune memory. Your immune system has a capability of remembering the introduction of that vaccine so that a year later, two years later, three years later, when you are exposed to what you were vaccinated against, then you have this rapid deployment of immune system, which I interpret to mean rapid deployment of antibodies to fight it off. He points out that for toxin-mediating toxin mediated diseases like tetanus, you know, you have to get a booster of tetanus, mm-hmm. protective levels need to be maintained because they act differently than say, I don't know, the uh, smallpox, right? That's not a toxin-mediated disease, I guess. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the rest of the slide is basically kind of specific to that. But his point here is we don't have enough data about these vaccines to know for sure that even though you can measure the reduction of antibodies, that that automatically means those people are no longer protected. They may very well end up with a similar immune response, even though they're, you know, six to eight months down the road. Their antibodies have declined and Pfizer says that means you need a third vaccine. Well, you know, we know that people all across the country are catching this thing. I talked to a buddy of mine this morning through a text who got vaccinated. They got COVID about a month or two ago. And, you know, he said it was he was basically asymptomatic. Right. And he got his shots months ago. 
We, it may very well be that the vaccine works the same way I'm saying that the virus in, in, in a natural immunity does. That just because we're seeing a decrease in antibodies doesn't mean that these people aren't going to be able to shake the virus off, right? So when I read that slide and it talks about rapid deployment of immunity, that's exactly what we were talking about last week, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was fascinating. I, I listened to about 20 minutes of it. It was a uh, healthcare professional researcher doctor after doctor saying, whoa, 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 we do not need third vaccination. One guy from some of them were questioning whether these things were safe in the first place. Yeah. Well, and one of them even get... brought up the, the ratio of myocarditis in males yep. 23 to 54 versus uh, fatalities from COVID in that same demographic. And he was like, I can honestly now say to a patient, you're just as likely to die from myocarditis or have some adverse reaction to a young male patient in right. particular. Let's be, right. let's be accurate. Right. He said that's, it, it, that science is coming out as we speak. Man. He said it's but. one in 600 is what he said. The, 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 your odds of getting myocarditis, myocarditis from the vaccine. Yeah. That's, that's uh, more of a percentage of dying than if you were to in that age group and get yeah. COVID. Right. Your chances it's of being insanity. hospitalized with COVID in that age group are like one in 50,000, one in like 150,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man. It, dude, there another guy. You, I, hmm. Yeah. Another guy. So uh, that was a different guy. The guy from New Orleans, though, I think it was, or somewhere in Louisiana. He was like, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, He was clearly pro vaccine. He wants people to yep. get vaccinated, but he's like, My nurses come to me and I cannot, li- I cannot tell them that the vaccine is going to protect them more than natural immunity. He's like, I just can't do it. I'm not going to lie to him. So he's like, I I don't know how to, he was like, we need more, we need more, uh, a bigger case study because I can't, you know, I said, I can't in good faith tell people to get a third vaccine. You know, I can't even tell them to get the first one. So he's like, and a lot of them used Israel. A lot of them used Israel as like the example. All of them almost really, all the ones that were cautious. We're leaning on Israel. That guy I thought was fascinating because he called everybody out for, he's like, you know, everybody likes to talk about these quote anti-vaxxers as being just dumb, ignorant and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he goes, the truth is in my practice in Louisiana, I'm finding that the people coming in with vaccine skepticism are more educated about the truth of these vaccines, the data on these vaccines and the data on the virus and the people who are coming in demanding the shots. That's just not true. And us treating those people like that is doing nothing to help us remove their vaccine hesitancy. We need to yeah. get real. We need this to get honest point. with these people. Dude, he was he was awesome. I'm telling y'all. So this is you can access this thing from the FDA's website. It's but it's a you, it, well, there's actually three links on the FDA's websites to the recording. One of them takes you to YouTube. So you can just punch it into YouTube as well. It's the advisory panel meeting on COVID boosters. Uh, that should get you there. I'll put it in the show notes when I get to those. I, dude, everybody needs to watch that thing. I'll eventually watch the entire eight hours. I'm probably 45 minutes into that second, that, that four hour mark. Well, yeah, start at the four hour frame. Yeah. Right. Start at the four hour mark. hours to right. kill. Uh, yeah, but if you've got some road time yeah. for sure, that's what I was driving to Philip Feeders uh, yesterday afternoon. It was like a three hour round trip. Yeah. So I, I watched, I don't know, or I didn't watch. I was just listening to the audio. So I didn't see the slides, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter. I watched probably 30 minutes of that and then listened to uh, Bongino and then the... Wait, hold, hold on. Let me let me say one more thing about, about this this, this uh, oh, FDA yeah. thing. You know what? I have something else to add too from my family's standpoint. So go ahead. The 
everybody needs to check it out. It's important to know. Well, I had two things. One, they start off that four hour mark when they open it up for these public comments by saying everybody is expected to divulge before they speak any uh, conflicts of interest that they may have. Right. It's like, for example, you know, if you're in the pay of one of the of the applicant, you know, for any in any way, we expect you all to say that. But then he says, however, if you choose not to disclose your conflicts, you won't be you will not be prevented from speaking. The second mother effer who talked said nothing about conflicts of interest, refused to like every, everybody. Three or four out of every five people said at the beginning, I, here's my position. Here's my you know, role, et cetera, et cetera. I have no conflicts. Or yeah. one guy said, I have a conflict, the same conflict I announced when we did this for the original approval of the vaccines, which is I've got three, you know, 80 something year old uh, parents and in-laws, right? <clears throat> the second guy who speaks up doesn't acknowledge conflicts whatsoever, doesn't announce he has none, but doesn't acknowledge that, you know, he, he just doesn't address it. And he goes on a rant about how crucial it is that not only do we get these third shots into every adult American in the country, but we need to be getting it and getting the shots into the five to a 12 year old range oh. ASAP. The FDA needs to hurry the F up. Right. He didn't announce his, his status from a conflict standpoint at all. And interestingly, man, I'm telling you, it has to be from what I've heard so far, at least half, but probably more like three out of every four people are seriously concerned about the booster issue. Some of them are seriously concerned about impacts beyond that. Like you pointed out, they, the ones that were promoting giving everybody the boosters relied on zero data in their analysis. Right. It was like none, like they don't have it in their slides. It's all just fear mongering, emotional crap. But everybody who came forward with concerns had data. They had studies. Like one in 600 get myocarditis. That's right. Dude, listen, like I hope that I, I hope, <laughs> I assume it's going to hold true throughout the thing. But anybody who was saying we need to give these people third shots, they had nothing to point to to base that on other than fear mongering. And everybody who said we need to move forward from this point with caution had data to cite to big time data to cite to. The other thing I was going to say. I blanked on. <laughs> well, think of it because uh, so. Yeah. My mother-in-law was was over this weekend and she started beating me over the head again about vaccines and how I went on to get vaccinated. And I'm like, Kate, she, she enrolled in that study too. And so right. I just took the antibody study you asked me to take. Right. Why would I and do that? And I have immunity. Kate. why am I going to get the shot? You know, it's just like, it's a broken record. Uh, the person that had the fewest antibodies out of everyone tested was my father-in-law and he's oh. vaccinated. Views. So, did, so did, did that make a dent or was it like she couldn't hear you? Did nothing. But, but the, so we didn't win that battle. The one <laughs> that my kids won, though, is my wife, God bless her, still making those kids wear masks to school, to the gym, to the grocery store. Dad doesn't always, dad doesn't always play that game. But uh, I generally just say your mom makes you do it, so you have to do it. I'm not fighting that fight with her. It's, you know, happy wife, happy life. Don't, un don't undermine your wife. Okay. Dad likes to have sex a lot, kids. That's how you got here. <laughs> so we're going to keep, you're going to keep wearing your mask. And I feel bad for you because I'm a hypocrite. Dad, why are you not wearing a mask? And I e either say this to him, well, I'm 40 or I'm an adult and I don't have to, or I had COVID, but the COVID excuse is now gone because they've had COVID. They're like, dad, we're immune. We don't have to wear a mask. 
I said, you're right. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. Take it up with your mom. They won. She said for the next three months, no mask for the kids. Their teacher right. yesterday walked up to my daughter, Frankie. Miss Quorum said, oh, my gosh, Frankie, come give me a hug. It is so wonderful to see your smiling face. Awesome. Yeah. So She's I, feel good. Good I feel good about that for the kiddos. Awesome. Amen. Um, I remember the last thing I wanted to touch on, and we can move forward. And that is at the end of all this eight-hour process, right, the 18 members of the advisory panel voted 16 to 2 to refuse third booster shots for anybody under the age of 65, hmm. except for maybe people with, like, severe immunocompromised, like, you know, that are severely immunocompromised. God, that so, sounds like progress. So it sounds like more than progress, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're talking about, dude, it was just the week before this that Biden had his speech saying, we're going to mandate these vaccines and we're going to get everybody a third booster shot. He jumped way out ahead of the FDA and the FDA smacked him back and said, dude, 16 to two, man, that is overwhelming. I'd love to see the bank accounts and bank records of the two. Yeah, personally. But, you know, Israel, to me, let's get our fourth vaccine. To me, oh man, did you see that one chart showing how uh, infections and hospitalizations like spiked up when people got their third shots in Israel? Is my yes, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, you're more Dude. likely to get the Delta variant in Israel if you're vaccinated. My point here is that that 18 member panel that just approved fully these the Pfizer vaccine like a month ago, and that you know authorized this thing under emergency use all all this time. If they voted 16 to 2 to prevent these third boosters, it seems to me that they were compelled or swayed quite heavily by the data that all of these concerned, you know, you know, concerned contributors brought forth. It's not like any of that was news to them. They're getting they're seeing all that shit every day. <laughs> you know what we forgot to mention? You, we thought that uh, Pfizer and Moderna had the two shot market cornered. No, that isn't true, Chisholm. Johnson and Johnson came out this week and said, we're now a two shot vaccine as well. So yeah, your one mm. shot stop spot for vaccine paradise immunity. Uh, uh, Nope. Got to get that second one. If you got the old Johnny. I have a friend who I've mentioned before several times who likes to, it's mostly just harassing us. He, I don't actually, he's not serious, but it's very pervasive. He never stops harassing me and a couple of other buddies. These are guys I went to law school with about getting our shots. And he took the J and J. Um, I've always said if I was going to get one, that would be the one that I would take. But me and one buddy in particular are pretty high on iver ivermectin. I'm, I, y'all know my story about it. I took it and nobody will ever convince me that it didn't kill the virus. Oh, I was negative for the virus within six days of having had my first, uh, symptoms. Uh -huh. This guy who had the J and J vaccine took 10 days to clear the virus. 10 wow. days. Now I will say he didn't really get sick. He had like one day where he felt half-ass crappy. And other than that, he was just stuck upstairs in a room by himself. Right. Isolating from his family. So he got less sick than I did. I will not deny that, but I was negative for the virus. I, my first symptoms were on a Thursday, the following Thursday, I was negative. And based on the trajectory of like the headache and the fever and the sore throat, I would bet money. I would have been negative on Tuesday, but I was for sure negative on day seven. It took him 10 full days to clear the virus. Good you know, for you. It may you have something, it, it may have something to do with the fact eater. that 
may have something to do with the fact that even the NIH acknowledges in multiple studies on their website that ivermectin has been proven to kill SARS-CoV-2 and prevent its reproduction in a Petri dish. But apparently that doesn't matter at all. Uh, mm-hmm. It also is, it's also is backed up by like, oh, you're, you eat horse pace, 70 something, 70 something. Right. right. Yeah. So that's the thing he always makes fun of, right? He sends us these goofy memes of horses and stuff. I looked into. Oh, I saw a funny J&J. one about the border patrol. They were like, well, the horse is probably eating ivermectin too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing he clubs us with, right? Which, I mean, it's a joke, right? He's just like, oh, yeah, you guys are turning into horses, right? Mm-hmm. So I looked up. I don't, the, the, the J&J is, a, is not mRNA. It's a different technology called adenovirus. It's an adenovirus vaccine. It is also a gene therapy. It's just a different type of gene th- therapy than the mRNA type of gene therapy. Still does the th- same thing in trying to, what it does is make your body produce the spike proteins, right? right? But the adenovirus vaccines have been out for a little bit longer. I Googled it on the FDA's website. I found that adenovirus vaccines at this time, other than the emergency use authorization for this virus, are only approved in human use for military personnel. And outside of that, their only approved use is for rabies vaccination in animals. So I sent them that and I was like, hey, you're going to turn into a dog. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, what, What is AstraZeneca? As far as where does that fall into? I believe that is like J and J. It's a adenovirus. Because we no longer have Lisa Shaw with us. She died from complications after getting one dose of AstraZeneca. This is a uh, BBC presenter, so pretty big story coming out of uh, Great Britain. Yeah, well, it was the remember it was J and J that we paused here Mm -hmm. after you know it was supposed to only have been seven women, but you know seven women died of. Blood clotting. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I, I was just going to say she died of uh, brain hemorrhage from blood right. clotting, as the coroner pointed out in the piece that you sent me. Um, that's a pretty big deal. And I said so callously in my response on that text that, hey, we just need more famous people to die from these vaccines. And, <laughs> and of course, I meant it in jest, but you know what? No right. one pays attention when an average guy gets killed you you see it on uh twitter facebook my family member died had a stroke three days after getting x vaccine okay there's fourteen thousand deaths reported on the bear system dude those are just the ones no one says anything about that so when famous people die hey now now we have your attention Fourteen thousand deaths something like fifty five thousand instances of blood clots another fifteen thousand instances of myocarditis it added up to way over a hundred thousand people with severe like hospitalizations or death from these things, man. Yeah. And, and of course, we're at 680,000. I was just joking about that. Right. But um, all right, let's get on to the, the, the main topic. We've spent a few minutes on each of those. Um, the indictment. And I'm going to let you roll with it. I did listen to the whole uh, McCarthy report, a podcast that that guy was way smarter than me, uh, but went into all of the, and, and, and some of it, man, I'll be honest with you. It was kind of like, getting lost in the minutiae for me. Um, just the, the in-depth analysis that he went into. I think you can get the gist of it as a layman without having to listen to that whole thing. So most of our listeners probably are more like us than McCarthy, and maybe we can explain it to him. And by we, I mean you. Well, part of the, part of the problem, I would say, with the um, uh, 
McCarthy version that you listen to is that McCarthy has been covering this thing since 2016. Mm-hmm. So if you've been keeping up with this podcast, he kind of, to me, he presented this portion as part of this ongoing saga that he's already clued all of his listeners in on. Right. right. So to your point, he was kind of jumbled and all over the place a little bit because he's assuming you're more or less up to speed, which I was and I jumped right in. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, understandably, right. You're not going to go back in one day and listen to fuck out. Who knows how many, you know, episodes of that thing he's already got out there. <clears throat> and I'll lay a little bit of that backstory, man. I would imagine that a lot of our listeners are at least familiar with the names Mike, uh, Carter Page. Carter Page was a member of Trump's campaign, a, uh, a lieutenant, I think, in the Army. Prior to that, he had special security clearances. He had uh, ties to intelligence. The FBI submitted, based on this giant lie we're about to share, a, a, a warrant. They, they applied for a warrant. They moved for, I guess, put in a motion for a warrant to wiretap Carter Page and monitor him with FISA, um, which is the, uh, I can't remember what FISA stands for off the top of my head, but it's the, it's the special court system in D.C. That, that under the, under the Patriot Act was created to allow the government to spy on us. Thanks, W. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be doing some Googling while we talk, talk the foreign intelligence surveillance court. Carter page got wrapped up in a, uh, in, you know, in, in being monitored, um, as did, uh, uh, the general, what's the guy that was originally going to be the national security director that they made step down. You're not talking Flynn. about the general that just told Flynn. China that he'd let them know when we're going to attack them. Are you? Yeah. Not that traitor general <laughs> Flynn. <laughs> Um, all of a sudden, you know, well, the FBI took this motion before the FISA court to get warrants for wiretaps and monitoring of several American citizens, almost all of whom were former military with high levels of security clearance. And ultimately, as well as like the Trump, uh, I think as well as, you know, I remember when he claimed right after his election that he just found out that his wires had been tapped. Uh-huh. they start monitoring all that well again if you were listening to M- andy mccarthy all the way back in you know early 2016 tw- you know certainly by 2017 he pointed out let me also let me sidebar andy mccarthy spent like two decades as the top federal prosecutor for terrorism crimes in the so- the federal the department of justice's southern district of new york this guy put the blind sheik in jail plus like a dozen other you know convicted terrorists uh-huh. this dude knows what he's talking about when it comes to all of these areas of law, right? And, well, just, yeah, I mean, obviously his, his credentials are impeccable. Uh, worked under both Bush and Obama. Um, so he was diving in to these filings throughout all of this and, you know, pulling this information out. And you can go back. There was, there was, there was something called the Steele dossier which was this packet of information provided by a British guy named Christopher Steele, who has ties and who is an informant for uh, both, I think, MI6, as well as American uh, special intelligence, right? Or, you know, yeah, like the CIA in particular, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right before the 2016 election, the FBI director 
um, the tall guy, Comey, Jim Comey, uh -huh. called a special meeting with Trump and I think Clinton, I think both of them, um, maybe even Obama was there, where he unveiled to Trump, we have this dossier that says that you had been hanging out in Moscow and had some hookers in your room uh, and they, they were peeing on you and they can prove it. And so we're concerned that uh, our adversaries are going to try to use this to blackmail you. And at the time, Trump was like, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a germaphobe. Why would I ever have hookers peeing on me? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm working on my Trump, in Trump impression. It was pretty good. Thanks. <clears throat> uh, and, but I mean, think about it. Like, he really is a germaphobe. And the story is he was getting peed on and was into that. Okay. Mm. It's questionable. Now known as the PP tapes by Don Dan Bongino. That was one of the major pieces of evidence that was relied upon by the FBI when they filed for these FISA warrants to surveil everybody in the Trump campaign. The problem is Christopher Steele was in the pay of a group called Fusion GPS, and Fusion GPS was in the pay of a law firm called uh, something in Coy. That's the... Uh, you don't happen to have that document in front of you, do you? No. Doesn't matter. By the law firm uh, that happens to also represent the Democratic National Committee, as well as the Clinton campaign itself. Um, they've, they're a long time, long, have long been the firm representing the DNC and represented, you know, were hired to represent the campaign for Hillary Clinton when she formed it. Um, so going all the way back to 2016, 2017, Andy McCarthy had pulled out, because it's public record, the original FISA application in which there was a footnote, no reference to it in the body of the text, right? But just this random little bitty footnote saying, you know, citing that this steel dossier bullshit was tied to Fusion GPS. And then it was investigative journalism, basically, that linked Fusion GPS to this law firm. Uh, mm. at some point. So, you know, go forth from there. And he stayed all on top of the Mueller investigation, which, as we all know, basically proved that it was a big nothing burger, even though he tried to pretend like there could still be. I didn't acquit him of anything, but we don't really have the goods. Mm -hmm. That was a crooked ass process, too, is my point. Um, and he's been staying on top of what came forth from that, which was John Durham was a, was appointed special counsel two years ago, um, yeah. to investigate the origins of Russian interference in the election. Perkins and Coy. He, Perkins and Coy, thank you. He was tasked, John Durham was tasked with investigating Russian interference in the 2016 election. And two weeks ago, no, no, last week, last week, Thursday last of last week, week, drops this indictment on a lawyer for Perkins Coy claiming he lied to the FBI about this whole thing. Michael Sussman. Michael Sussman. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the background that Andy McCarthy, like I said, this is such a, like a so upsetting. This dude, Michael Sussman for Perkins and Coit, like he, this law firm basically, like you said, represents the DNC. And Clinton. This dude. Specifically her campaign. Yeah. This dude. So as we progress here, but I'm going to just say this guy, Sussman, had every intention of getting a high level cyber security position mm. with Clinton once she was elected. So there's a slight, the, slight tweak there. 
So it gets a little convoluted. I recommend everybody read the actual 27 page indictment, because if you haven't been keeping up with this, there's not a podcast out there that's going to spell all this out for you. But the indictment does it beautifully. There is a reference throughout the document to tech executive number one. There are several people implicated in this conspiracy that have not yet been named, uh, been named. You can bet your ass unless the administration shuts this down that we will find out who these people are. But it was actually tech executive one, to your point, that wanted to get the cybersecurity job okay. with uh, and had supposedly actually been offered a cybersecurity job uh, with the Clinton campaign. OK, so yeah. where did Michael Sussman, where did he lie? What because he's being right. charged with that. So when you read through this indictment, <clears throat> they lay out in painstaking detail, email, email by email, uh, record by record, how where where he lied specifically. You can go all the way to page number 27. It, it's all you really need to know from the indictment standpoint. He lied to the FBI in September of 2016. So just shy of two months before the election. He provided these white papers and these thumb drives full of information that were supposedly tying servers at the Trump Tower, head, you know, Trump's headquarters in Manhattan to servers with a bank in Russia called Alpha Bank. Alpha Bank, yeah. The tech CEO referenced, he had been doing, he had been assigning people in his organization as, and also trying to hire a third party independent tech company to basically ferret out and, and, you know, and, and make this claim, build out this claim that there was this strange internet traffic going between those two servers. That's the whole basis for the whole thing, right? If you remember, that's what they were saying with Michael Flynn was that the Trump administration had created a back channel of communication to Russia, right? So, so that's the basis. And that's why it's all super high tech stuff. So he goes to meet with the FBI, I think on like September 17th, with all of these files and during the meeting with, I think the associate director of the FBI, he claimed that he was there as a, as a citizen and as a citizen alone, when specifically asked, do you represent any, are you here as you know, the attorney in fact for any particular party? He claimed, nope, I'm not. I'm just here as a concerned citizen trying to make sure y'all are aware because I happen to work, you know, I happen to work with or whatever this, he, that, this attorney Sussman was actually in cybersecurity. He was a department of justice lawyer before he went into the Perkins Coy law firm. Mm -hmm. So he knew all the ins and outs inside the organizations. Um, He, that's his specialty, right? So he kind of tried to act like this all came across my desk sort of accidentally. I'm not here representing anybody. When in fact, he was one of the attorneys working for the Clinton campaign in particular. And dude, you can scroll down to. Uh, well, here's I my question. What page it's on. Why did the FBI just say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems legit. Oh, and I'll tell you why. And, and this is because this was on what McCarthy said is because the FBI seemed to be very pro Clinton. And so they just went with 100%, it. hundred like, percent, dude. Like, oh, no questions. Yeah, this is legit. Let's 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 say Trump's yeah. dealing with Russia. You remember the names Peter Strzok, Strzok and um, what was the lady's name? Strzok and Page, I think. Mm. Uh, something Page, Peter Strzok, and <laughs> these people have already been kicked out of the FBI years ago, back in 2017. 
it became emails between Peter Strzok and Lisa, Lisa Page, that's her name. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page said, we're going to save the country from this asshole. All of that is public record, and it has been for years. These two people lost their jobs. I have no idea where they're at now, but those yeah. were two FBI lawyers who admitted to each other in emails and text messages. Oh, by the way, they were having an affair with each other behind their spouse's backs. That they were like on a mission to save the world from the evils of Donald Trump. So, yeah, it's already been flat out proven that they were corrupt. Comey, you know, announced a month before the that election that Hillary Clinton, you know, had done wrong, had actually had he acknowledged she had committed crimes when she wiped her servers clean of all the uh, Benghazi crap. Right. The 70 something thousand emails that she deleted um, using special software intended to prevent forensic analysis that could dig it back out of his her, her trash folders. Right. Yep. But he chose chose not to bring charges. Interestingly, I don't know why he brought it up at all if he wasn't going to bring charges if he was in bed with their side. But I don't know. He did. But even Christopher Ray. So so Trump fires Comey when it becomes clear Comey's working against him. And he promotes a guy named Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray's fingerprints are all over this shit, too. I'm pretty sure that Strzok and Page, if they didn't report to him directly, they were in his chain of command. Well, the here's the dude. And why is this any of this a freaking surprise? We've already detailed how the FBI has deliberately framed a bunch of people in Michigan by creating a damn terrorist kidnapping plot. Yeah. Right. And how they've arrested a 19 year old boy in Manhattan going back to like 2004, where they basically entrapped him and like absolutely tried to convince him to blow somebody up. And his response was, I, I think I need to talk to my mom about these conversations. The FBI is the crookedest organization there is, man. But, but what is on record, though, and we need to point out is that Sussman, when he went to the FBI and said, I'm here as a concerned citizen, uh, he was on retainer by the Clinton campaign. That's 100%. right. That, and Dude, that is, it goes that is, so far beyond that is that. in their uh, invoices. I mean, it's, it's in their financial records. So there's no so there's, dispute. There's multiple, there's multiple points that we need to make there. One is, the most important is, they're the most damning smoking gun in this thing is that the day that he went and met with the FBI assistant director and claimed that he was there as an impartial citizen who didn't represent anybody, he actually billed his time to the Clinton campaign for that meeting. That's in this paperwork. For the meeting that second. he lied in. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. He claimed, uh, not, not just that, the meeting in which he claimed he did not work for Hillary Clinton. He, he billed, billed for her it. for that meeting. Yeah. It said... On page 20 out of 27, seven, Sussman billed, this, billed his meeting with the FBI general counsel, general counsel, not associate director, to the Clinton campaign with the billing description, quote, work and communications regarding confidential project. Like, all throughout this document, him and this tech executive acknowledged to each other in emails and text that this claim they're making is leaky and clearly bullshit they actually instruct the tech executive they have an email where the tech executive is instructing his uh his team basically to make sure to to read the white paper they created pretending as though they knew nothing about it to see if they had crafted the narrative narrative well enough that it couldn't be seen through they knew they were full of shit they knew the entire thing was a house of cards 
There's emails from the third party that he hired and from his own subordinates saying, we're not real comfortable with this. What are we doing? And he was like, this is a political operation. This is op opposition research. And we know that these pings between, turns out that the Trump server that was allegedly pinging back and forth with the uh, Russian bank, it was a fucking third party marketing firm that was doing that. Just sending like, come stay at Trump hotels again, because some people had stayed at his hotel. Like right. there was nothing to any of it. And these people that were being instructed to create this false narrative were trying to point out, like, what are we doing? And they were being told by the tech executive who's yet to be named. Yeah, let's just do it anyway. The attorney was being told, this is pretty weak sauce. We're going to have to work really hard to box this thing in because anybody with any knowledge of how these things work is going to shoot holes all through it. They applauded one of the guys who responded and said, hey, good job. Here's the A, B, and C as to how this thing would go, you know, go down in flames, but y'all did a really nice job avoiding it. Good job. It literally says that. Good job, right? <laughs> this is the information that he not only provided to the FBI, but there's a paper trail proving how he leaked it to CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, on the New York Times, on and on and on, right? So they were pushing this narrative after already acknowledging for two months that they knew it was bullshit. They knew it was bullshit. They made the whole thing up. Meanwhile, every single minute of time this attorney spent on it, he was billing to Hillary Clinton's campaign. That is documented all throughout this. Two super important things that people that aren't attorneys need to understand about this. Everything that's in this thing would be subject to attorney-client privilege. Certainly this attorney's notes as far as meetings he had with the client. Certainly his billing. Billing records are attorney-client privileged. And yet... John Durham exposed all of this dirty laundry for the entire world to see. You can go on the JODs, I mean, the DOJ's website, justice.gov, right now and find the text of this 27 page indictment. The important thing to understand that. So is he about not in violation is, for that? No, he can't be. He must have found an exemption or an exclusion from attorney client privilege. There are exemptions and exclusions, one of which is if the party, the, the, the client is engaged in an ongoing fraud, uh -huh. then that, that, um, uh, that basically eliminates attorney-client privilege, right? That's just, that's just one example. I don't know them all. Maybe that's not the one he used. I have a feeling that it probably is. And Dan Bongino's most recent episode goes through this. There's, a, there's an attorney that wrote a Substack article about this who that's his, his hypothesis because that's how they got around the attorney-client privilege. Here's the thing, man. This law firm... Coy, uh, Perkins Coy, they're the ones who turned all of that information over. And guess what happened about a month before they did that? A dozen attorneys at that firm left and started a new firm. Meanwhile, Mr. Sussman had been on indefinite leave and the day the indictment dropped formally severed his relationship with the firm. They so knew this was coming. They've known this was coming for a while. From oh, a historical timeline standpoint, when did we first, the, the general American public, when did we first learn about Trump collusion with Russia? The summer before the, that election, summer of 2016, which so those, that, that timeline is all spelled out through here. Every okay. time Sussman or any of these other players that are unnamed went to the media, I mean, they, they cited news articles, they cited news reports. What are, you, where what, are you, they, what are you thinking as Donald Trump when this happened? I feel... I feel so bad. You're completely for that dude. Like, going bat s crazy, which is why he acted the way he did. 
he, dude, put your to your point. I was put getting yourself fucked in his by shoes. everyone on every corner at every opportunity, and he still won the election. And he still won the election. And then they continued to try to f him with this same BS narrative. They all impeached the way him through the end, dude. They That's impeached right. They him. impeached him over this big stack of lies, man. No wonder he behaves the way he behaves. Don't get they me wrong. He's a weird, eccentric, you know, half crazy person anyway. But my God, if the entire, you know, intelligence community and your political adversaries are making up lies about hookers peeing on you and, you know, building a false narrative around some Internet traffic based on some marketing BS, it's going to drive you nuts, too. Like I've said many times, I'm not the biggest fan of Trump, the person, but I liked his policy. It is mind blowing. I would have loved to have seen what he could have done if he wasn't having to deal with this nonsense bullshit the whole time. Yeah. Wow. I really would have liked to have seen how he would have behaved. I would have liked to have seen how it would have changed his Twitter account. Right. Because everybody. Because he was always defensive. That was his thing. He's like, why is the guy so defensive? Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Yeah. This is what I mean. I'd be going batshit crazy too. Like I'll you, say this. They tried know, to do the, the same never kind got of a fair shake. No, no. Beyond that, not just a fair shake. Dude, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is a friggin' conspiracy. An actual, undeniable, legitimate effing conspiracy. That's all there is to it. Somebody is going to, if John Durham doesn't end up bringing charges for conspiracy against these people, conspiracy i guess to commit fraud i don't know exactly what the charge would be it'll only be because the current head of the department of justice merrick garland who you may remember from obama's attempt to replace justice scalia yeah six years ago uh basically put the kibosh on but i don't have that think that's going to happen and i have a theory right why let me get back to these records man yeah so perkins coy turned all this information over because they didn't have a leg to stand on they had to produce by some attorney client privilege exclusion these records that would otherwise be protected and the reason that this attorney that wrote this substack article believes that it's because they have the goods on the clinton campaign for having you know been engaging in an ongoing conspiracy is because sussman's behavior would not waive the attorney client privilege that's the client's privilege it's not the attorney's privilege so the client has to be the one that was doing something illegal that would allow for waiver of that privilege. You follow what I'm getting at? Right. They can't, that the law firm would have been sued and been held in contempt and maybe been disbarred. These members been disbarred if they had voluntarily given this up. Durham had to have something on Clinton's campaign and the DNC that allowed him to circumvent this, this, this privilege claim. That's huge, man. And the other thing I want to make sure to point out, this attorney from the Substack that Bongino cites too points out: when you bring up a an indictment for lying to the FBI, you don't do it in a twenty-seven page extraordinarily detailed indictment. The very last page of this thing says all that needs to be said in order to indict this man for for uh, lying to the FBI. It, all it says, count number count one, actually paragraph forty-six. On or about September 19th, 2016, within the District of Columbia, Michael Sussman, the defendant, did willing, willfully and knowingly make a material false, fictitious, or fraudulent statement or representation in a matter before the jurisdiction of the executive branch of the government of the United States to wit, on or about September 19th, the defendant stated the general, to the general counsel that he was not acting on behalf of any client 
in conveying particular allegations concerning a presidential candidate, when in truth and in fact, and as the defendant well knew, he was acting on behalf of specific clients, namely Tech Executive One and the Clinton campaign. That is all he had to release to the public to bring a formal indictment against this. Against Which this he then billed the Hillary Clinton campaign for. Right. Yeah. The reason all the 26 pages that precede this were laid out is because Durham is trying to get this information out into the sunlight. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And he's yeah. laying the groundwork for what hopefully is going to come next. So one thing uh, he's I, laying the groundwork for a series of indictments that should be forthcoming. Right. Go ahead. No, one I thing would, that I picked up on the uh, that McCarthy podcast was I can't remember who the guy's name was, but he's already had, I guess, someone that testified against Sussman. He's already had them testify under grand jury. Why did he do that? Because he knew he was going to release this information. And then that guy, if he was called to trial now to testify, could change his story up. So right. he already has him, that guy's testimony him. locked That's in right. under that, a grand jury, which I think is very important. That The red dot is right in the middle of that dude's forehead. Dur- Durham's red dot is it's moving from his chest up to his forehead <laughs> as we speak. He's about to get smoked. For real. Yeah. yeah. And that's just one of I, who knows how many, right? But the oh, I have I have a personal theory as to why this is even coming forth at this point. <laughs> to, uh, before I go to yeah, that, why would the truth ever come forward? That's the world we live in, right? <laughs> well, it's it's been, like I said, all of this has been out there for four or five years. Oh, it just gets COVID buried by also, the media. COVID also played a big part of this not being released earlier too my understanding sure um, yeah i mean the media has used everything they can to distract take this what's this lady this this hiker that just they just found dead petito petito yeah her, her boyfriend this killed her in poor Wyoming. poor young lady who got murdered by her boyfriend yeah, yeah. I, I posted this thing on instagram earlier today and a girl i went to law school with chimed in and said they'll just cover this up with a story about a dead hiker <laughs> that's true spot on spot on that's the only reason we know this dude the only reason we know about petito is because they're trying to divert people's attention from this and if you had googled this like i did last weekend you would find 12 articles on the first page 11 of which would have said like the washington post if this is all durham's got it's time he shuts down his investigation one after another like that Small potatoes. He has, what a joke. He has Can't, the yeah, yeah. attorney for Clinton billing. Lying to the FBI. Um, yeah, it, right. Billing Clinton while claiming he didn't work for her. While lying to the FBI. While lying to the FBI. Damn right. <laughs> oh That's God, right. Dude. That's no big deal. We have and a all of this was proof impeached because of there was this lie. A legitimate conspiracy based on a fraudulent narrative that these people knowingly spouted out at the FBI and another so far unnamed intelligence agency, as well as to every media outlet who was sensitive to their cause, right? If you Google it today, though, you don't see headlines written like that. I tried actually to include in my Instagram post a screenshot of a bunch of ridiculous articles trying to downplay it. Uh They've all changed. They're just saying Sussman indicted by Durham, like very factual, you know? In fact, to CNN's credit, I saw a link that said, read the indictment. And that's all the link said. Right. So my point is twofold. One, people aren't stupid like the American media seems to think we are. 
And like Joe Rogan and many other podcasters have proven by putting three hours worth of conversation out at a time and people eating that shit up instead of the stupid 90 second sound bites that cable news gives us, right? We all have the internet. We can all look this up and read it for ourselves, right? Everybody's listening to podcasts and, you know, cable news is dying as we speak. Dude, did you know, like, did you know that, like, MSNBC's top show, Rachel Maddow, gets something like 300,000 viewers a night? That makes me so happy. She's That's not their top quite on show. My, she's not on my Rushmore, but she's honorable mention. Oh, she's way she's up on my Rushmore. Terrible man. person. Particularly because she spent three years spouting this BS the whole time and has not one time since retracted any of it. No, she even with this, retracts anything. Even, even with this coming to light. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> my point is you, you're seeing the narrative change because I think in part they can't help it, right? They can't help. This information is out there. They cannot pretend like this is no big deal, right? I'll get, I want to flip back to the point that John Durham's new boss is Merrick Garland, which is Joe Biden's appointee to head the Justice Department, right? Yeah. They absolutely could have shut this special investigation down, I think, as far as I know. Some of the articles I did find earlier today, what they tried, the way they tried to dismiss it is Trump appointed special investigator John Durham has indicted that, da, 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 da. They're trying to cloud it and muddy it all up because he was Trump's appointee. Yeah, well, he works for Biden now, bro. So what about that? <laughs> to your point earlier, the truth of these matters will come out. It is way too documented. I'm shocked that these tech people were willing to put in an email that they were doing this knowingly, knowing that it was BS. Who I know, I don't put anything in an email that I don't want to potentially end up in courtroom. And in a public record, right? They must have thought all of this would never see the light of day or that they'd have some sort of privilege protection or something. They were wrong. <clears throat> well, and this me, just goes back to big tech uh, in their role in influencing elections. I like, oh, dude, this they is, were so, doing, this is great. This is great because now yeah. here's the proof. Here's what we've been saying. Hey, here's what they've been hey. doing. Here's your censorship. Here's, oh, fuck. Hey. How did I not remember this, Chisholm? So when I was talking about COVID, Natural immunity hashtag on Instagram blocked. You can you can put it on your on your post if someone clicks on it, dude. Did you see this on my on my no, on my I haven't on seen my post? That. Natural immunity on Instagram fucking blocked. You cannot go. It says you can go to this website and click on it. Then you click on that and it says actually there's too much too much misinformation. You cannot click on natural immunity and get any feedback on Instagram. None. Prohibited. So cancel. So. So in this indictment, in this indictment, they identify three big tech companies, all of which they they just like the tech executive. They don't name them. They refer to them as tech company one, tech company two, tech company three, or they like internet company one, two, and three. Mm. Could that possibly be like Facebook, Google? And in fact, they say that tech company three is owned by tech company one. So Facebook Facebook owns Instagram. Facebook, Google, and uh, YouTube, maybe? Mm. Take your pick. Right? Who gives a shit? Right. Which We're going to find out who it is, but I would be shocked if those three aren't implicated in all this somehow, right? And Twitter has to come into that play at some point. The, I mean, hell, did you see Politico? That an, an, a journalist for Politico is releasing a book that actually acknowledges that the Hunter Biden laptop was true. It was real all along. The New York Times in the last month shadow edited an article where they called the, new, the Hunter Biden laptop unsubstantiated. 
That's all real. That's collusion too. God willing, somebody's going to start which investigating laptop? that. He's lost a couple me, now. <laughs> apparently so. He admits that. <laughs> that. He had about a four or five year period where he was a little irresponsible with his personal property, he says. Speaking of I, people I getting peed on by hookers, there would be a good <laughs> candidate for that. I'm sure he's had that happen. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is... Poor Trump. These people knew this information was already out in the ether, right? It was already being talked about by the Andy McCarthy's of the world. There was no way to keep a lid on it forever. In my opinion, the reason Merrick Garland hasn't shut this investigation down and the reason hopefully it's going to continue to go forward is that the Clintons have become, they're, they're, they're no longer an asset to the party. They're now a liability. So they're going to get thrown up under the bus. That's all there is to it, man. This wouldn't be happening if they could avoid it. You but said in got the a text, real, this might be the biggest a, cons- political conspiracy of our lifetime. And I, you could be right. If, if the Clintons go down. I don't know how it's not. I don't know how it's not, man. They spent four years trying to undermine a president of the United States with these, this BS. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've seen this over the last year and a half, especially listening to MoFax and, and uh, No Agenda. Those guys show you how once you're no longer useful to the cause, like we talked about with Ice Cube, like what's happening with Nicki Minaj, right? You reach a, well, those people s- stepped out of line, but when the party needs a, f- nobody is above the party, nobody, right? The Clintons were royalty within the party. Well, we all know there's no, there's not a snowball's chance in the hell of Hillary Clinton making a comeback. She's toast. Bill, you know, every time they run him out, he gets tarred and feathered for, uh, you know, being a rapist mm-hmm. in the Me Too era, right? Which he just somehow like laughs off and dismisses, and they still somehow try to promote him. But how many times my, did he my, go my to my point is, Island? That dude's like, hmm. they they're gonna have to find a way to save face through this. So it's gonna all be the Clintons' fault, which it was. Don't get me wrong, it was, right? Yeah. But the narrative that we're gonna see come forth over the course of the next twelve months. Is going to be, yeah, those shady ass Clintons. They had to, they had control of the party, and the DNC was corrupted by them. But don't worry, we've cleaned house. Look, you know, we've exposed all this to sunlight. I don't know if that means she ever gets charged. I don't know if that means anybody ever goes to jail. But to me, Merrick Garland, all the way up through Biden, well, no, nah, yeah, Biden, whatever, whoever's in charge of the damn Democratic Party. What day is it? They've they've decided that. The Clintons, in this case, and the Clinton campaign can be a sufficient sacrificial lamb because they cannot hold this tidal wave back. Mm-hmm. That's my hypothesis. I hope that that comes to fruition. That would be incredible. And then we'll watch the shit show of them saying, yeah, like you said, it was all the Clintons. We had nothing to do with it. All right, whatever. Big in the meantime, involved with, but in the hey, meantime, here's but, Jim Sackey saying, uh, we're working with Facebook to flag disinformation so nothing nothing will have changed and um the last two weeks for the biden well i guess since the afghan yeah three weeks since we pulled out of afghanistan has been sheer utter chaos man and it's been and it's it's been so it's everything that's happened has been so negative the no agenda guys made this point the other day they always look at things through the lens of everything we're being told is controlled by the uh intelligence community right We now have 19 different intelligence agencies within the United States government. That's too many. Something like, you think? Something like, and the number 19 is brand new, 
it's the special intelligence uh, uh, department of Space Force. It was 18 until Space Force got their own special intelligence. What was it's like? It's like five or the, six. Uh, what, what was 17? The one where they could monitor domestic <laughs> threats like you and I for having yeah. podcasts like this? Yeah. The, the anti-patriot intelligence uh, agency. Yeah. Five or six of them are independent. The FBI, the CIA, et cetera. Um, then there's, I think it's how many branches of the military are there? Five, I guess. Navy, Army, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Space Force. Think so? Maybe six, five or six. That sounds good. Um, go with it. Each each of them have their own. So the guys from No Agenda are like, dude, between you know facts coming out about you know vaccine concerns with young males, between you know what happened in Afghanistan and all the information that's flooded forth from there, and what's going on on the border, and you know now this comes out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like somebody, this they they point out all the time how there's like inner agents. I mean, the FBI is clearly not behind this because they're the ones who are being made to look like the biggest assholes. So the no agenda guys question is which intelligence agency has it out for the FBI the most right now between the Michigan scandal that we've talked about and, Oh, the, well, oh I want to know things. which one it is. I'm going to get that agency's pom-poms and you, start dude, fucking cheer. Right. Me too. Larry Nasser, that sicko doctor who was molesting all of our gymnasts. Mm-hmm. Did you see the claim that was made in Senate testimony by Michaela uh, Maroney? About him. Uh -uh. She tried to notify the FBI 17 months before that son of a bitch was taken out that he was molesting our our USA gymnasts. Wow. And the FBI didn't do shit. That got called out in the Senate just last week. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Totally. It goes back to something we were discussing earlier. Did you know that the Biden administration... Or was it the F, uh, FA, FAA? What is the one that monitors airspace? Yeah, the FAA, the drone yeah, thing. They 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 made uh, the border situation a no-fly zone so that we couldn't get conservative drone footage of what was going on there. Yeah, and I'm gonna cite I'm gonna cite Thank Adam God. Curry from the No. Ted Cruz was again. down there actually getting a live feed of hey, look at this disaster but no but no 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 drones because we can't actually show people what's really happening this mess that we've created so i I know a fair bit about this from my own experience because i got ashley a drone and um she's done all the research and even some of the studying to take the test you have to have an faa pilot's license to fly a drone did you know that yeah okay so okay so adam curry our door because we were putting videos of scouting for ducks on social media yeah that's right adam curry who is no fan of this administration Right. And as a big fan of Donald Trump and is no fan of this illegal immigration, the guy from No Agenda, the MTV guy, uh-huh. he he pointed out in his last episode on Sunday, he's like, this is this is a this is a right leaning narrative that they shut that uh, down to drone flights, you know, for the purpose of preventing footage, because all they needed was secure, was clearance for a helicopter to fly over, which it immediately did. And in fact, they probably well. His point was there's 15,000 people under that bridge. Drones are dangerous. There's other air traffic involved. And, you know, to have five or six or seven or eight different, uh, you know, news organizations, and we're not talking about the little bitty drones that's big around, right? You're talking about giant ass 4K ultra HD drones all flying in the same airspace because of the problem being so concentrated. He believes the FAA, FAA was legitimately trying to be uh, protecting the safety of, huh. yeah and i and i, I don't i never would have thought you know, that fb fox news immediately found a workaround 
the local sheriff's department or the local PD offered them a chopper, right? So let's be, it definitely sounded really good and it was really annoying to hear about it. But as soon as Curry said that, I was like, yeah, that might be an example of some misinformation, you know, kind of dogpiling on from the opposite direction. Very possible. I mean, if two, if two big, but, but, you know, three hundred pound to be drones fair, crashed into the world each other, that we live in, why would anyone think otherwise? With the way that no, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we, we know this is a the most corrupt. We know this is the most corrupt administration. I think. Well, I don't know. More we dig into it, W seems pretty god awfully corrupt, but they're all corrupt as hell. Um, when that book comes out, we need to do a review of it because apparently he actually details this Politico reporter I'm talking about who acknowledges the truth of the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh-huh. He details how they built a business empire out of Biden's Senate career and vice presidency. Like, Gotta we do have, if, he, if it's dollars. not, because if it's I'm not, a, wait, isn't Hunter Biden like the second coming of Picasso? He sells art for like a million dollars yeah. to the Ukrainian yeah. officials. Yeah, I saw a quote er- earlier today from him that said, if any- anybody bands. who doesn't like my art, F them. The classy, classy cat. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's put a, a bow on this one. It was fun and um, pretty freaking damning, Chisholm. So we'll, uh, we'll have to keep this on the forefront. Like you said, biggest conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. If it's true, biggest lie ever in Certainly, my life. No, it is. No, no, no. It is a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's an actual conspiracy. Somebody's going to get charged with conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we'll track. We'll track how uh, Durham continues to release these charges. On we know more people. It's coming, and I'm fascinated to uh, to know who else is going to be fingered here. It better be coming. <laughs> you say who else is going to be fingered here? And my first thought was, besides Megan Rapino. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. All right, we're going to end on that one. I'm Cable Smith. Thank hey. you to for tuning in to episode 47 for my colleague Chisholm Cook. We will see you guys next time. Read the indictment. Read it firsthand. Take the 30, 45 minutes to do it. It is your uh, it is your duty as a patriot. God bless. The sky is started and she's in my bed. A candidate of